Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. Go to audibletrial.com slash Rushmore. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Mount Rushmore Podcast. My name is Jeff, and guess what? In the house is Richard. Hello. And Michael. Howdy. Let's get ready to bicker. Uh, this week's topic that Richard and Michael will debate, as they always debate, the ubiquitous aspects of any given topic. This week's topic is the Mount Rushmore of something you were too young to appreciate yet. So I thought up this topic, and these guys are humoring me. My dad used to allow me just about anything as a young person, and it was an opportunity to be taught, not that I was too young for those things often, and one of those was drinking hot coffee through a straw when I was about eight, and I burned my face, and my dad didn't laugh or chuckle or say, you know, serves you right, you moron. He just kind of let me kind of learn that that was something that was too rich and too hot for me to deal with at that time. And my child endangerment... Your injury is humorous. My injury was right. humorous. Uh, my tongue had a speech impediment for years, years to come after that. Um, but that did lead me to thinking of the many things that were too rich for my blood that I encountered as a young person uh, that I would only appreciate later on as an older person. And maybe... Yet, I have yet to appreciate to their fullest depth. And I mm. wanted to mm. get to know Richard and Michael, the home twins, a little bit more. Mm, I think mm. before we started recording, <laughs> we were both kind of saying, I don't know if uh, I understand what Jeff was saying and probably should have asked a question mm. in the okay. Facebook group. This is what the Facebook group is for, guys. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I kind of, it's funny because I interpreted it as something, well, I guess it's tough. Because you seem to have described an experience that you've had with something that you uh, would eventually come to appreciate. Most of my actual choices would be in arts and literature and, mm. and, oh, okay. and things like that. I, I think my choices are something that I am not old enough yet to appreciate fully. And mine are more things that I do now. But I didn't at the time. So we're going to be a little bit all over the place, I think, today. I love to it. Quote okay. Bob but, Dylan, okay. To quote Bob Dylan, I was so much younger, or older than, younger yeah. than that now. Younger but this is now. great that we have a judge to kind of, you know, in you, Jeff, that will... Yeah. Uh, so actually, my four choices, I just chose uh, the Rushmore of nautical <laughs> themes. So I was way off base <laughs> on this one. I don't know how that happened. Wait, not asphyxiate. No, uh, nautical. Uh, okay, okay. Nautical. Okay. All right, so uh, I chose it, Michael... You showed up at the Rushmore Taping Studios first, so you go first. Uh, whatever the fuck Brandy is. <laughs> oh. Like, I, I, I know she what's was a, a She was a very popular <laughs> R&B singer in the uh, 90s. I know what Brandy is like. There's a port <laughs> on the western. Oh, also on my list. <laughs> port. Port. Okay, all right. Just the idea of, like, the dessert drink or the dessert. Because, you know, we've both all drunk our fair share of booze yeah. over the years. I've tippled a time or two. Um, I like I'd to sit less so uh, uh, aperitifs and yeah, yeah to sit like down that. with like a brandy or to sit down with like uh, a port. It just like I I don't feel like in spite of my experience of drinking, I still don't feel like I am old enough to like appreciate that sort you- of thing. When, whenever like a booze becomes like some sort of dessert, I think oh that is like a I'm not there yet. What about dessert wine? No, I, it, it's is that uh, the same thing. Yeah, like I, I've Here, had like an Icelandic like 
sweet wine. Okay. And it's like... Yeah, but you probably just had Luchtfisk, so anything to get the taste out of your mouth would have been good. Okay, I'm going to pour two glasses of port. Drink the first. Now drink the second, wearing an ascot. Now do you taste it? Hello. (laughs) The elegance of it. You have to wear wealthy clothing. And suddenly, suddenly I'm speaking. Like, <laughs> Mr. Owl. Mr. Owl. What lover? What do you? What is your assessment of it? I I don't know. It just it doesn't. Do you not like the taste of a port? Because I I have to say, I love me a good port after dinner. I I don't I don't I like I I'm not there yet. Like a, I'm not I, there to like I don't know. I never I never want it. I've had it. I never crave it. It never feels like I want this. It's same thing with like brandy. Is like brandy feels like I'll cook with it, but I don't want to like. Yeah, I can't say I've had too much brandy in my day, but I've definitely had some ports. That brings up an interesting observation about the inability for young people's taste buds to process certain tastes mm-hmm. or appreciate certain tastes, and knowing that they are your taste buds change, unless that's an urban myth that your taste. No, your probably every seven years it. or so, like a dog. Oh, really? Like oh. seven or nine years, they say your taste buds kind of. Adjust or whatever. That's okay. Well, I, I I would say it's it it reminds me of the fact that I didn't drink wine for a long time, even into my twenties. I just really never had a taste for it, and I really had to acquire it by going to like winery tastings. Then you usually you start with the sweet wines, like sweet whites, because that's you're used to drinking, you know, wine coolers or whatever mm-hmm. the hell. And you so you go Bartles and James, sweet whites, regular whites, and then you start to get to, into some of the reds. Yeah. Um, so it reminds me something like that. It's almost something I could, that could have been on, on one of our lists, I think, would be just wine in general. But, I mean, maybe you're just not there yet. Maybe and That's the thing. is like yeah. I think there might be like a, God, give me 15 to 20 years, and maybe I will enjoy a yeah. nice brandy yeah. or whatever in a, the proper glass for sifting in a big leather chair yeah. and a hunting lodge somewhere. You've got a lot of plans for this ap- appetite that you'll have for the brandy. Yeah, we'll You've see. You've got a whole outfits and real estate purchases to make. <laughs> i got a lot of stuff to do before I can have any of this brandy. Okay. Yeah, so you're going to have a Big Mac, super-sized fries, and then the brandy. That's that's really the classy way to do I needed, it. I needed this podcast to know what the proper order was. Yeah, so now you know. You. So uh, starting off with Michael, the first in Michael's list, which will probably be followed up by three different other alcohols, and then moving on to Richard's first. <laughs> All right. So my first choice is Alone Time. Oh, wow. Um, so I, I mentioned this before. That means wanking it, right? Abs, no. Um, I wasn't an only child. I think I mentioned this on the show before, but I have like a nine-year gap between me and my closest sibling. So basically, I felt like I was an only kid. Uh, was also, I was sick a lot, so I stayed home from school quite a bit. That meant I had a lot of time just hanging out by myself. And you know what? That sucked. Oh. You know, just being a kid, you want to be with other kids, and you want to hang out, and you want to do shit. Mm-hmm. And I never, from that, for that reason, the fact that I was sick a lot, I just had a lot more time kind of hanging out by myself than like you did if you had siblings or if you got to go out a lot more. But you know what? You flash forward like 30 some years now. And if you could tell me I could have a day where I could do nothing, just no work, no kids, no home projects, no anybody else, I would be over the moon. Yeah. Do you know what's crazy is that you would waste it entirely like i know that like explain the, what waste would be like the uh, wank the it idea. to the wrong stuff you wank it to the wrong <laughs> stuff oh, I don't. the um I, I agree with you in part and i think i agree with you in part because i've experienced that that feeling of like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna do nothing today 
Right. I've had like a day off and I'm just, I'm just going to hang out. And then it's like by 10 o'clock, I'm like, I feel like there's something that I should be doing. But so, I, it's t- but it's tough because I think, I don't know. I'm very conflicted. I got to think about this for a second. So the one, what I would say is, you know, I may not say a whole day and a whole night. I'm to the point as an adult where I'm at with two kids and and a wife and and all the craziness that's in my house. The tchotchkes go along with it. The tchotchkes go along with it. Toys, stuff like that. That even a couple of hours, Mm. you know, if if there's for some reason Sarah takes the kids and goes to do something and I'm not going to go do it. And I'm just alone for like an hour, hour and a half. Or I work from home sometimes. So Mm. I'll have a little bit of a gap maybe before it might be done with work, but before kids and Sarah get home. And it's glorious. <laughs> it's so quiet. Do you think as a kid, because you had um, family around, and do you think that you didn't appreciate that? Is that why that's not here partially? I think Like in the past, had you not like been like, oh, this is, this is what I need? I think when you're a kid, you're constantly fighting against boredom, mm. right? That's like the worst thing that could happen to you as yeah, a kid is point. being bored. And nothing seems more boring than a kid than being by yourself. Um, I think when you're an adult, you you know, it's almost like the constant search for for happiness is boredom. Like you, you you want peace and quiet. That's what people go to go and re, you know not everyone, but a lot of people go and retire for. For every person that goes and says, "I'm going to retire and I'm going to go, you know, sail the world in my own yacht," it's like, yeah, most people just hang out and watch Judge Judy, <laughs> and that's okay. I heard the term uh or uh, what the term was explained to me the first time of fomo today never oh really never it. heard that before yeah, it sounds like you have lomo like love <laughs> of missing out i would love to miss out on so much stuff <laughs> that is one of the best things to do is to um uh to not go to a party it's pretty good it's 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 really it's really high up there when like even if your excuse is because i don't want to Right. Or just like, no, I, I'm just not going to go. Mm-hmm. Knowing that all of your friends are at one party and then you're just like yeah. away is kind of like, fuck yeah, I did it. Yeah. I didn't I didn't fall into the peer pressure of being around all that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> do, do you, when you talked about silence being glorious, yeah. did you, would you though probably turn on some sports and fill that silence with something once you've been, once you, once you, once you've mastered that silence, this is like a hyperbaric chamber sort of uh, being alone. Right. This is like just enjoying your own in your own space. Yeah. yeah, and I might, I might not. I might just kind of hang out and read or something like that. Right, Walden Part Two. <laughs> right, Walden, <laughs> the urban Walden, <laughs> the urban Walden. Okay, uh, Michael, what's your second? Uh, golf. Oh wow, uh, golf sucks. Uh, golf. I I think it's. Um, I'm amazed that so many people gravitate towards it i've used to play with my dad a little bit we'd go to like the nine hole pitch and putt down on like witsit and i had my own clubs and we'd go and michael we'd... that's a mini golf course <laughs> that's, that's why enough. it was so fun yeah <laughs> hit the windmill <laughs> go through the tunnel and the big swinging deal no but we used to go and play and like it was fine and i never re- like i did it because he like enjoyed to do it he enjoyed playing and my dad had a very long hiatus in between like him playing golf and then, it, and we only did it like as like his one shot on Mannix. <laughs> he only did it like then for a little bit, and but now he plays all the time now yeah. that he's older. So it's funny to see him graduate into like the traditional yeah. old person 
mm-hmm. older per, old person, whatever, seventy something, playing golf thing that I don't. It came out of nowhere. Is would, it would, the sport and its idiosyncrasies, or is it just? The... I think all of it. I I'm amazed that he watches as much golf. I'm amazed that you can sit there and watch something that is so slow paced. Mm-hmm. That is so. If I have some alone time, that is what I want. Slow paced. Oh, uh, see, there's see. I think there's a. You have to age. I think it's something you have to age into that you can appreciate just how dull it is. I also grew up playing it, so like yeah. I, I, I think too. It's just it's a sport and an activity that takes forever. It's not something that you just go in, you play two an hour of golf or whatever. Right. Like if you're playing a course. It's like a four hour, like you're committing half of your day and lunch and everything to this yeah. one thing. And I just, I just don't, I, I'm not, I'm not there yet to appreciate it. Okay. When's the last I, time you played? Uh, I, uh, our, my friend Austin invited me out to like a really nice course in like Malibu. Oh, wow. A few years ago. I, it was really painful to do. <laughs> to play a full 18 hole real golf course when you haven't played in. 15 years. At some point, did you just ask to drive the cart around in circles? I and was go, just, Wee! by the end of it, my, my back was destroyed. My <laughs> arms were destroyed. My neck was like all of it. Like any sort of uh-huh. form that I used to have or know was gone. Right. And it's just like, it's, it's, I just, I, it, it all hairs. I like, it tingles. Like, I just like, oh, I hate, I can't stand this. I think that they should adjust golf. I've been thinking about this. Okay. They should put a shot clock on there. You oh, should wow. you should be teamed up with someone. This seems should, like a Sinbad comedy routine. No, no, no. You should. Ha- they should be like, you have to complete this course with your partner or whatever in under two hours. Have you ever seen Speed Golf? It's no, is where that a thing? The whole yeah, the whole point of it is to try and shoot as low around as possible in as much in as few time as little time as possible. Uh, I'm so there. guys are yeah. literally just running like full sprints. That's to get what up to the that's ball. what golf should be. You wow. should be running to your golf ball. To hit it, and onto the other the guy thing. should be able to tackle you. Wow. Yeah, that goes without saying. Maybe robot speed golf Ooh. for the NES. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like Robo- Baseball Simulator 2000. <laughs> that's, that's what I want. Cyber War or something. I don't know. I, Cyber I, ball. I think that there is just a, the leisure aspect of this sport. I think leisure sport is a weird combination, yeah. and I'm just I'm I'm not there. I oh. can't appreciate it yet. Uh, Richard, Maybe one day. How many, but real quick, Fergo, how many beers did you have on your last golfing trip? Not that many. There's your problem. Well, we have identified oh. your problem. Yeah. Okay, so my second one is being good at something. Um, so when you're a kid or even when you're a teenager, you always have this ability to try new things. And I, I mean, you actually, I mean, you have that as an adult as well. And it's probably something that, you know, all of us should probably do more of. But what you don't have as, as an adult, you know, for the most part, is the idea that you might try something new and be, like, really good at it. And that it could be something that you can do with your life. I mean, I think part of this comes from the idea as an adult, you just have a better understanding of what you're good at. So as a kid, I could list probably a dozen things that, like, I thought I was good at. Yeah, on this podcast, you often list the things that you used to be good at, too. And I, and I used to think, <laughs> and, they're, and they're the things that, you know... I really have a, ta- I have a real talent for this, and if I just worked at it, I this I could do this for a living. Was it? Or where did you get that uh, sense where did of you your? Get that where did you get that idea that <laughs> you never told good you you were good? <laughs> Wait a second, that's not what my dad was like. What's going on? Here? Was it in comparison to the accomplishments of other kids your age, or was it a, an adult saying, "Oh, you're good at this," or you can you can do whatever you want? I don't know. 
But uh, you, you didn't feel that way about everything. There's some things you felt like, oh, I'm never going to get be good. I guess. I mean, I, I guess it was just stuff that, yeah, I guess it was probably stuff that I was good at, naturally. But the optimism, the... It's the optimism of it. It's it's that idea that even thinking like, I, I bet I could be a race car driver if I just, when I get old enough yeah. to drive, I could probably do that. That yeah. seems like something I could do. It, it seems realistic. And then when you're an adult, you, you start to realize it's like, no, you were just okay at it. Yeah. You were never talented enough that you were going to go do X, Y, or Z. Yeah. And you know what? That's okay. Because finding even one thing that you're good at as an adult and getting to do it mm-hmm. is pretty good. Yeah. That's Most what, people don't. That's what uh, college is for. That's what happened with me. Like, I wanted to, you know, I was, like, into comic books since I was, like, 11, 12 years old, something like that. And I knew that I wanted to... Draw. Draw. Oh, I wanted wow. to be a comic book artist. Okay. I knew... Uh, I took art classes, you know, had art classes in high school. No, I wanted, I knew I wanted to go to college to draw comics and to, and I got to college and was like, oh, I'm not very good. Oh, oh, none of these classes. I, I can't do that. Oh, the, all these life drawing classes were like, it immediately kicked my butt and made me realize like, oh, I like to draw. I'm not artistic in that way. And immediately, like, I went for four years of, like, art school study and stuff. And then by the end was like, oh, this isn't for me. I, I can't do this. It's, it's interesting when, like, yeah. the university is there to either enhance what you do or to just, like, really, you know, yeah. come correct and be like, you do not do this. <laughs> I learned that lesson about my art when I tried to do the turtle on the back of the <laughs> thing, and they sent it off. Yeah, they just sent it, back. they <laughs> sent it back to me and said, nope, that's all it's written on it. Uh, so you drew the rabbit really well. Welcome to our art school. Um, There's supposed to be a turtle. Yeah, oh, yeah. whatever. Where's your money? <laughs> that, no, that, I think that's a really good point. I, I think maybe I said that it was being good at something, but I think what it really comes down to is the optimism of being great at something. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You get to be an adult that's like you know your limitations. Yeah. When you're a kid, you have no concept of the limitations of like what's realistic for you to do or not be able to do. We didn't know we were engaging in a real-life vocational aptitude test by doing things and then having them checked off as... Nope. In, nope. <laughs> yep, that's not happening. I also found that there's like your perception... You... You weren't. You were yet to be disavowed of your uh, artistic talent because you're probably the best in your school, your high school, or something. Like, like think of athletes who are all state in That's high school, and yeah. they get to college and they realize they they don't start at college, and then they're never going to make it to the NFL. So, I think by the time you were swimming in that bigger pond of talent, that's when you realize you're not keeping up as much. Yeah, I think it kind of uh, you know some things act as. Uh it's either like it's either like a pencil sharpener or kind of like you know it either it grinds you down to the point where you're really refined and good or just grinds you down to the point where you're a nub and you're nothing yeah and it, you ha- if you can survive that sort of grind to being something where you're like oh I'm a fine-tuned tool now it's great but if at some point you're like oh I've been put through the ringer and I, <laughs> I yeah. don't know what these college art classes sound like the nerd version of that movie whiplash <laughs> <laughs> It's it's funny. It wasn't even that bad. Not, it's not just, my temper. <laughs> it's not. That's funny. It's not that bad. It was just like part partly. You know, I know we're off on a, a tangent here. Is like I would be in art classes with people that were like real artists 
that thought differently. Did they have berets on? The (laughs) smell of French cigarettes. (laughs) Yeah, that had just like an approach to whatever the assignment was, and you're just like, oh, yeah, you think differently. Yeah, you you do things in a much more artistic way than this literal. Birdcage mm-hmm. that I just drew. Yeah, when they, <laughs> when, they, like, when they did the fruit, the nectarines actually look like peaches. <laughs> <laughs> I would. Well, I did discover that every talent I pursued was ultimately a performance talent, or I would try to make it thus. So, if I drew, a, if I was drawing something, I would draw it to the end that I knew I wanted to go show it to somebody and get approval based on showing it to somebody. It wasn't about my relationship with art, or like me falling in love with the subject or enjoying the medium or enjoying new artistic things. It was always, I can get approval for this. My brother's good at sports. I'm good at drawing. Yeah, I look how good appro- I can draw Spider-Man. Yeah. So I would yeah, never... Yeah, looks like Spider-Man. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you did a great job. Why don't you tear it up and start again? No, I need people to look at this. It's not personal development. Okay. So, uh, hey, we're at our halftime, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, this is the Mount Rushmore podcast. Our topic is Mount Rushmore of something you were too young to appreciate yet. And we would like to invite you to suggest a topic by going to our Facebook page or finding us out on Twitter or Instagram and letting us know a topic you'd like for us to consider. You could even be a guest on the show. You don't have to be, but you could be if you suggest a topic. Or you could go out there and let us know what we missed in discussions of any other topic. You could download, rate, and review our podcasts on iTunes and Stitcher and leave us a star amount between one and five is appropriate. Groups of 10 or more, you must leave a uh, five-star review. And uh, you can also support other podcasts. We'd appreciate it if you did. And here's one of those podcasts that we'd like you to support. All right, welcome to Dictionary, the podcast with Jane and Aaron. Each week, we look up a random word relating to a... Sorry, we look up... We look up <laughs> a random word. And then we look up... No, no, we just look up the random oh, word. Oh, and then we research, and then we research any topic <laughs> vaguely relating to that word. Um, and then here's the catch... We have to relate it back to sex. It is a semi-educational, fully sex-positive podcast. Also, we'd like to give you something. It's summer, it's uh, sitting by the pool and reading a good book, but you could uh, read it or you could listen to it by going to uh, audibletrial.com forward slash Rushmore and downloading a free book on us. Well, it's really on Audible but it's for you, the listeners of the Mount Rushmore podcast. You could choose from 180,000 different titles. Why you might pick Adventures in My Youth, A German Soldier on the Eastern Front from 1941 to 1945, read by Armin Scheiderbauer. I think it's something that maybe a Nazi wrote. I appreciate. I didn't appreciate. I didn't appreciate the Nazis as much when I was a kid. No, he didn't appreciate those don't. guys. No. Like. Uh, Indiana Jones was beating them up, and you're like, yeah, it must be easy. There must be pushovers. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so you could download that or 180,000 other titles for your Android, iPhone, Kindle, or MP3 player. If you don't like the book, that's fine. If you don't like Rushmore, it's fine. You can cancel at any time and still keep the book after the 30-day free trial. It's all yours. It's all yours. So uh, we'd love for you to take advantage of this offer because it makes a little bit of a donation to our podcast, and we keep bringing you this fine, fine content <laughs> You're, you're not to. supposed to laugh <laughs> yeah, while you're sorry. saying that, Jeff. Sorry. It kind of under, undercuts everything. Uh, you know what? 
I don't think I appreciate here in my 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 height of youth. You guys. Aww. I mean, I I love you guys, but not to the extent I think I should. Thanks. I yeah, that's right. No, because you guys are the best guys. Well, yeah, but, but which one's better? Yeah, that's the question. <laughs> well, we'll find that's out. We're here to find <laughs> yeah, out. We'll find <laughs> out. We'll find out. Okay. So, all right. Okay. So, Michael is going to give us his third choice. Uh, mine is a bit more. Um, it's Social Security, guys. And I think oh, I'm wow. going to be. I think I I know for a fact I'm currently too young to appreciate it, <laughs> and I know for a fact that when. Uh, in 2034, when it becomes insolvent, I'll still be too young to appreciate it. Yeah. I'll be 55. That's a real fucking bummer. Yeah. That uh, we're at a, a point where, like, man. <laughs> Thanks a lot, greatest generation. Thanks a lot, yuppie or, or uh, baby boomers. It's really, it really is kind of uh, maddening. Mm-hmm. Just the entire, the concept is. Wonderful. Thank you, FDR, who's now rolling over in his grave. Um, but, like, it's this thing that you pay into your entire adult working life that you're like, okay, there's the government's going to help out a little bit when you get to the point when maybe you need a little bit more help. And, like, the people that just run it are just, they're so bad. Oh. They're so bad at keeping it afloat and... Having funded it, when they can find money to fund the whatever. government, am I right? Uh, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. I think we're in a we're in a very interesting age right now, where there's a lot of talk of like social democrats online and like a, like a burgeoning kind of so socialism in a way that's kind of been happening in America and around the world certainly. And to have this thing that's like, okay, well let's well let's just shore this thing up for all the people that are. That's this government program that doesn't maybe work efficiently, but there's something there that I that I know that I will be I will appreciate it at some point, yeah. or I will take advantage of it, yeah. And it's infuriating that there's this knowledge out there that, mm-hmm. like Richard said, there is a, a generation of people who basically are going to get theirs, but not really do anything to help out whatever is coming next, which kind of just goes a whole against the entire concept of what it is. It's almost like the way insurance should work versus the way that some p- political parties think that it should work. Yeah. Almost very similar to that, don't you think? The way that, you know, everyone gets insurance, so therefore everyone's covered. That way the people who need the coverage can get it without, without like, having to go into bankruptcy. It's Strange like, concept. It's, it's infuriating. And I, I know that, like, when I'm 55 and this thing goes insolvent, maybe it'll be cleared up by then. Probably not. I don't know. I, I can't foresee. You know what it is? Maybe it's just like, it's people that just keep punching the ball until yeah. they finally, 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 finally have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And then eventually they'll deal with it. Yeah. And I can see just the future of that. And that's infuriating. And maybe I won't care as much. Or maybe there will be a, just a change. But mm-hmm. it's just like right now, you know, looking at it 15 years out, 16 years out, you're just like, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, Richard, your third. All right, so my third one is good shoes. <laughs> and look, I mainly wore Chuck Taylors when I was growing up. Oh, sure. Nah, really, what I wore were like the uh, pay less bootleg, cheap ass $10 versions of Chuck Taylors. Yeah. Um, and, you know, let's face it, Chuck Taylors aren't that comfortable, actually, to begin with. 
like when you wear them for a while, your feet hurt. Yeah. Um, but when you they're not engine they're not engineered to be worn daily. They're just these flat things that look cool. I guess. But when you have the cut rate version of those things that kind of suck to begin with, <laughs> woof. But you know, when you're kids, you know Hi, I'm Joey Ramon. When you wear Chuck Taylors for your entire musical career, you can develop flat feet. It also doesn't help when you're seven foot three <laughs> and you look like a Popeye character. I just want to warn you, don't just wear Chuck Taylors. Wear Crocs. We're yeah. getting visited by all sorts of spooks. <laughs> was uh was was Jory Roan on the Mount Rushmore on Mount Rushmore? Oh sure, it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, so when you're a kid, you don't have like a concept of your feet hurting. You just go out and you play, and then you just come yeah. home. You don't think about it. But now it's like forget it. I don't want any part of it. My feet hurt. I I, I go to work and I stand for all of like ten minutes during the day, and I have to walk a couple of blocks to get to to and from like a bus stop. Mm-hmm. My footsies are hurt, hurting, boys. <laughs> you I mean, have you got you have so much beard weight right now. <laughs> That's also true. <laughs> yeah. it, is, it is disproportionately <laughs> throwing it. my weight forward yeah. and down. Chiropractor might suggest shaving off the front part of it or just something. The front part, yeah, just, just maybe like a goatee. <laughs> yeah. and, um, then, and then putting that in your shoes as an insult. As an insult. <laughs> so I mean, I still wear like my Walmart jeans and whatever T-shirt happens to be, you know, somewhat clean to be able to wear. But I still have to insist on getting stylish and comfortable shoes, because even for for the stylish part of it, it's like it it can make like a kind of schlubby looking outfit look like oh, but he's got good looking shoes on. Maybe that's all part of this normcore thing. But he's got good looking shoes. Oh yeah, right. And uh, you know, by the way, a bonus shout out to cert, to shoe ins, inserts. By the way, I I started wearing them last year. It makes so much of a difference. Treat your feet right, folks. <laughs> This has been a message by the uh, na- sponsored by the National Podiatrist Council. For all those uh, fans out there who are trying to figure out who was the dreamy one, <laughs> the smart one, or who the sexy one is, I think you got- all three you rolled into one. <laughs> Jeff and I are just like, say, he's like, why did we get all three of those? <laughs> uh, what? Wh- how? How quick? How recent was this? The shoe thing? Mm-hmm. Uh probably. Oh gosh, probably not until I was hit my thirties. Okay, so fairly recently mm-hmm. that I kind of came around on the idea of if I need dress shoes, don't just go to Target and get whatever you know twenty dollar pair that they happen to have on clearance. Go get like get get yourself a nice pair of Steve Madden's or something that's going to be comfortable when you go to that wedding. Yeah, it makes a difference. It makes mm-hmm. it, it's amazing. Like I remember going to kickball tournaments, and I remember our friend Patty, who's been on the show before. I learned this from him. Bring a pair of socks for each game that you think you're going to play. Because we would go to these tournaments and the ground would be wet and you know soggy and your socks would get wet. And he would just replay, get a new pair of socks for each game. Now, that's a little much because Patty's... A lot of much. A lot of much. But I, I would bring a couple extra pairs of socks. And you don't realize even how what big of a difference that makes having you have your feet being comfortable and at least dry. So it's like having shoes is kind of like that to mm-hmm. the extreme. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh, Michael, you're fourth. Uh, my last one is senior discount. I'm so stoked <laughs> for 20 years from now, 30 years from now, when I can take advantage of those sweet discounts on like dining out, going to the movies. Wait, so you appreciate it, sounds like. 
Wait, you're anticipating it. I'm anticipating. He doesn't appreciate it yet because he can't get it. Uh, yes. Okay. 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 I appreciate the knowledge of it. I anticipate the um, the eventual uh, extra bonus. Yeah. It's like social security may not be <laughs> there, be gone. but I got my fifteen percent off going mm-hmm. to go see the latest Star Wars episode fourteen. I think you could probably get this now with a Friends of the Zoo card or a Happenings Guide or your Burbank Library card. It's probably you could activate this any of this these discounts now. I think. Oh, discounts? Yeah, sure. I mean, I have a I have a Zoo card. Like I think any any sort of dad in L.A. now yeah, does. Right. But like I think there's some I think there is something uniquely special about like. Oh, you know. You know, ride the metro, yeah, and it's going to be just that much cheaper. Boys oh, yeah. and girls, somebody's going to Sizzler and getting the uh, the the yeah. six ounce six ounce uh, T bone. Yeah, yeah. There's some, I don't know. Have. There's yeah. some there's something very appealing about that that I don't think as a kid you like. You're not into saving money. No, no. As a young person, no concept. Yeah, like the closest you get is like if you're drinking, it's like happy hour. It's that five to seven. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can. I can get well drinks for two bucks or you can get Ooh. whatever. And you're just like, that is the closest you get yeah. as like a young adult. I had a to, taste to of that. Senior discount is like, a, it's, it's like, you know, half price nachos. I think of Denny's as ground zero for that mm. uh, senior discount. And I had a taste of that going on my birthday, which is de- December 24th. Um, so I was laughing hysterically the whole time because we went to a Denny's and thinking Silmar or something. And it wasn't a nice Denny's. Oh, versus those classy Denny's, the one in yeah. Beverly Hills. That was a fancy Denny's. The rodeo, they were on Rodeo Drive. Denny's. Uh, I was at a ghetto Denny's, and Jen hated it. Um, she thought we were going to get stabbed. And I was eating for free because it was my birthday. Sure. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I couldn't stop laughing about how wonderful I felt about eating for free at Denny's and how old I'd become. <laughs> <laughs> So you can what time? What time? Can, what time of the day was it? Too? It's ten a.m. Okay. Yeah. You got the breakfast. Nice okay. breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. So you can experience that all the time, rolling into um, places that offers that senior discount, that yeah. ARP discount. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. Uh, I don't know why. Somehow I got signed up for AARP. I get the newsletters all the time. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, just in the mail. I have no idea what I, what thing that I had signed up for. Oh wow! And it's it's been like fifteen years of like oh, I'm you, getting like. Random pieces of mailing for yeah, ARP. that's incredible. Somebody pulled a really great prank on you. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And Did I you s- fill in the warranty on a vaporizer or something Probably. for Felix? Yeah. And they assume Did okay. You, Did you buy a, a, a gross bulk of hard butterscotches? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Richard. So I'll stay on the food tip here, and I'll say I I never appreciated how hard cooking is. So my mom was not a great cook. I. I I don't know, you'd say her food cooking was rustic, which I think is a kind of a nice way of saying Midwestern and kind of boring. Oh, okay. Um, but she had things she did really well. Like her fried chicken was fantastic, for example, and I still, I still miss it. Um, but more importantly, there, every night there was something on the table that was warm and filling mm-hmm. and mostly tasted okay. Yeah. Um, and I flash forward to today, and now look, I don't do most of the cooking in the house. That's Sarah. Sarah does that, and I do all the dishes, which since we don't have... Sarah's dish- his housekeeper. <laughs> yeah. Since since we don't have a dishwasher, um, I am the dishwasher, yes. basically. And Sarah hates doing dishes, so it's a fair trade-off. Um, but every once in a while, Sarah's out of town, or she's late at work or something, so I wind up doing the cooking. And boys, 
it is hard to cook. <laughs> wow. That's a tough thing to do. Here, you got to go to school for that if you want to be yeah. good at it and everything. Woo. What aspect of cooking don't you? I, well, here's the thing. It's not that I'm a terrible cook. I mean, I, I can usually manage my way around a kitchen. And if you give me a recipe, I can follow the recipe and, yeah. and do all that stuff. For me, it's all the time management. Yeah. I get screwed up like trying to like get it. Oh, yeah. But if it has multiple parts, like you've got a sauce, then you've got a meat you have to cook, yeah. and you want to, they need to be ready at the same time. And it's just trying to time that out and get it all up to work out right. That's, that is like stress 101 yeah. for me. It's just trying to like do the, do, I feel like I have to do two things at once. And if, okay, this needs to be on here for seven minutes, but this one's only for three minutes. But if I don't get this on right away, then it's not going to be ready. But, ah, yeah. ah. So that's what stresses me out. And maybe part of it is my mom made really basic stuff where she didn't have to worry about like sauces and crap mm-hmm. like that. Versus when we cook, it's a little bit, you know, a little more modern. Yeah. Uh, my wife has been purchasing some of the food uh, delivery service things, like sure. a Blue Apron or whatever. And uh, she purchases them because she would like to make me dinner because she, I think she feels like that homemaker role is something she... Um, I would appreciate, and nothing could be further from the truth. <laughs> I don't. I I love the meal. I love that she cooks, but I am such a philistine when it comes to food that I will eat. And if she bought a crave case of Taco Bell tacos, I would have the same reaction to a home cooked meal. And I hate myself for that. Like I hate myself that I don't appreciate her more when she wants to do that thing. Right. But what I hate even more is when she says, calls and says, hey, I'm going to be home late. Could you get the meal started? Uh-oh. And I don't fucking want to cook. I hate <laughs> cooking. And the recipe always says, like, mince and dice and zest and, and, and simmer and then combine. And then it's like, oh, I can do spaghetti and water. That's it. That's a hell of a meal. Spaghetti and water. Spaghetti and water. Just <laughs> in a bowl of water. <laughs> Not cooked or Not anything. Cooked. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I'm an a-hole that way. Good, good chat, you guys. This is really good chat. Um, so uh, I have in this bag the Borglum bag. Uh huh. The thing that I put in the bag beforehand, and it was actually uh, leading back to the statement I made earlier that my choices were about kind of literature and film and stuff. When I was thinking of this topic, it was actually some like things that you didn't appreciate fully. Things that were. Um, Art or whatever. So that's what I'm thinking in my head and did not translate it very well to you. But Inside the Bag is On the Road by Jack Kerouac. Don't read that when you're 12 and think that you're getting it. Right. I I don't know what I thought. I was a proto-beatnik or something like that. I think I heard that some hipster or something... I, some I heard, musician probably yeah, referenced it or yeah. something. I had a, I had a similar uh, situation with, with Bukowski. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. You're not meant to be like 13 and re- reading no. Bukowski. You're right, not right, going right. to get it. Yeah. yeah. Whatever you take from it, it'll be, you're taking it the wrong way and you don't know what to do with it. That message at the time. Okay. So um, now I'm going to evaluate all the answers and I'm going to psychoanalyze you guys because uh, Michael Winfield, I feel like in a way you're Danny Noonan and Caddyshack. Seems like you're sitting there <laughs> observing the moneyed uh, aristocracy hovering around you with their with their port wine and their golf and all their whiteness and all the establishment things like their social security um, and the 
the uh, a white haired uh, Ted Ted Baxter kind of Ted Knight kind of character <laughs> Judge Smalls. How about a fresca, Danny? <laughs> and uh, observing that and wondering, will I ever? develop a taste for this mm-hmm. life that, that is around me. And I think in a way, you know, your position as a very youthful guy who's now a father, but that makes you wonder, you perhaps perceive that that is inevitable, but will you be able to appreciate it when it comes or will you have a taste for it is the question that you have. So God, I find that very fascinating. I find that fascinating. And Richard, uh, I think it's all about uh, returning ultimately to the womb, clearly, um, That's what most of my, I'd yeah. say about 60 <laughs> yeah. to 70% of my choices yeah. throughout the three seasons are yeah. good about that. And when you said something, mom always had something hot and warm waiting for you, that's when I, it solidified that <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, no, it was the idea of coming home to ch- to absolute silence, you know, alone, just having having that, that element of your youth, even though you didn't uh, enjoy it as a youth, the isolation and welcoming that. So it's about wanting stuff that I didn't really like as a kid. Yeah. Huh. Well, no, it's it's indicative of your childhood, like the op- opportunities. Childhood was this time of opportunity where the sun had not set on your developing skills and things like that. So oh, so it was before you're, I got old and broken down. Yeah. yeah. You're, okay, you're, that's fine. I'll buy that. You're that's looking legit. back to appreciate your youth, and I'm looking forward fearing... What, yeah, what the future is ahead of me. Yeah, yeah. And Jeff is like is like right there right in just... the soggy middle in a bowl of Boston <laughs> water. water. Boston, Boston water. Uh, I'm such an asshole. Okay, all right. So the things I thought that were really compelling, um, you know, Social Security that there you have the amount of um, Dorman Drong that you have over that Michael it makes me kind of scared shitless because I didn't know that was going to happen. And um, Richard, the melancholy in some of your choices. Um, <laughs> Or really, really, like being good at something, it was like a really compelling statement. It made me realize that's almost the opposite of every movie about kids. It's always about like learning that you are good at something or something like not not watching each one of these doors of opportunity shut. That's <laughs> in, life, baby. In, in, in sequence. Um, I think there was a really nice Garrison Keeler-esque thing about your good shoes uh, essay that you gave to us. My, uh... Good shoes. Good shoes. Good shoes. <laughs> and um, the golf uh, bit, Michael, really appreciates the picture that's painted there and your association with your father. And um, Oh, I'm 100% af- afraid I'm going to turn into my dad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. I, I, I totally recognize like the apple falling from the tree sort of business. Yeah. And then I look, turn around, I'm like, oh, no. Oh no! <laughs> and I love my dad to bits, but yeah. like, oh no! Oh, your dad's no, a great dad. Your dad yeah. has a lot of character. He's not a plain your dad is vanilla a character. dad. My dad is a character. Yeah, and uh, he needs to get on the show. By the way, Michael, let's oh, make that happen. Great. I'll talk to him. And okay. the, this uh, pimping guy getting the senior discount—that was pretty. That's pretty sexy. It's five choices there. That's five. Uh, edit went out. Okay. Um, fuck that's in your discount. Okay. Okay. See you later. Okay. <laughs> this has been the Mount Rushmore of something you were too young to appreciate yet. My name is Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael. 